Hey, beautiful. Welcome to Unapologetic at 50. I am your host, Sharon Fields. This is an uncapped community discussing real life issues. In your 50s, you have the right to say, I have no time for games. Never regret in the past or apologizing for wanting a better future. Join me and special guests as we discuss topics and provide tools to navigate our midlife challenges. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Unapologetic at 50 podcast. Today's special guest is Chandra Savage, the host of Mo Wine Podcast. Yes, M-O Wine Podcast. Chandra is a WSET certified wine educator, and I am ready to learn. I am ready for tips on how to step up my game when either ordering a glass of wine or purchasing a bottle. So without further ado, I am just going to go ahead and welcome Chandra. Hi, Chandra. Welcome. Hello, Sharon. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you tonight and talk about wine because that is my passion. That is my love. That's what I could talk about all day long. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you were able to make it as well. So if you can tell us a little bit about you and how you actually got started with your podcast. Oh, sure. So I actually started, Mowine started as a blog in 2011, I believe. And it started because I needed help. I was doing the self, I was self-educating myself on wine. And then I did join the WSET, but I was doing individual learning. So I wasn't going to the International Wine Center where I, where I, received my certification I wasn't physically going to classes it was like self-taught but I didn't take into consideration that I had to actually purchase all of the wines I had to learn about okay so that was interesting <laughs> because it was quite a lot of wine so it started off as a podcast I mean it started off as a blog and then I turned it into a podcast later on so you had to purchase all of the wine and, and physically do testings or tastings right is the right uh, correct term Tastings, yeah. Okay. There was a a movie on a couple of years ago, and I want to say it was called Corked, but it might not have been. But it was Uncorked. Uncorked, yes. (laughs) I like that movie. So is that something similar when he was he had to learn everything about the taste and and what was in the background when you actually drank it, if it was smoky and the area that it came from? Is that the same type of thing that you had to do during your training? One hundred percent. And it was a little bit more challenging because I was doing it on my own. Wow. He had the benefit of having, you know, classmates that he could compare tasting notes with and I was kind of like doing it on my own so it was a little bit less exciting than the movie because I'm like hey Chandra what do you think girl I think it tastes like this okay yeah 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 (laughs) you and you right right Well, nothing wrong with that as long as you were able to accomplish your goal. So Chandra, what is WSET certified? Like, what does that mean? So there's different types of certifications. There's different wine associations all over the world. They have the Wine and Spirits Trust Education, which is the WSET. 
they also have the Court of Sommeliers. They have this so many. They have the Grandmasters Sommeliers. There's so many different associations that you can get certifications from. Mm-hmm. But there's tiers to it. There's levels to it. And so the WSET um, was the easiest for me to begin with because I could do the independent study without, you know, paying or having to relocate to go to an actual school to start my certification process. Okay, nice. So let's just jump into some questions then. It used to be that you pair your wine with the foods that you eat. Do you still do that? Or are we at a point now you just drink what you like? It's a little bit of both. It's interesting because when I'm by myself, I, I have a, you know, a well-developed palate. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I know about this. Or, oh, I'm, I'm in the mood for a gamay. Or I'm in the mood for Beaujolais Nouveau. Or, hey, I think I want to put on this tonight. So I can do whatever I want to do. But when I'm in the company of other people, the onus is on me to pick the wine, especially if we're in restaurants, mm-hmm. you know. They're like, we don't need the psalm. We have Shonda. Right, right. (laughs) She's the expert. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it's a burden or, you know, for me to pick the right wine for all of the various dishes that everyone's going to eat. So I try to fill the void for each kind of dish that people could have. Because some people are vegetarians, some people are pescatarians. Right. That's kind of worse. So to pick one bottle of wine doesn't complement each dish that every person is going to have can be a challenge at times. So okay, so when... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just saying, so I do both. Like, oh, okay. I, I was going to say, so when you're out amongst a group of people, you would have a variation or multiple types of wine depending on what their eating lifestyle is. And that also gives them an opportunity to try something different, right? Because they might be a person that normally drinks white, but if you have red on the table, then maybe they'll try that as well. Right. And I also try to take that into consideration when I am with a group of people, like, do they really drink wine or are they just trying to elevate their palates and elevate their wine education? So I know not to go too heavy Mm -hmm. into the reds because it's going to be overpowering for them. I try to be as respectful of people as possible. So I'll try a lighter style red. And what does a lighter style red look like? So Pinot Noirs and Gamay's are lighter style reds. And so like a cab, a Cabernet Sauvignon is very mm-hmm. heavy, like a robust, mm-hmm. kind of like punchy in the face type of wine. <laughs> And a Pinot Noir is known in the wine world as like the the white of the reds. It's the the lightest red out of the red family. Okay, so I, I like getting punched in the face, girl, because <laughs> I love <laughs> I love Cabernet Sauvignon and I love Merlot. I do mm-hmm. love my dark, hearty, like I don't know. Some of them taste like there's like a pepper or like a little spicy on the back. Listen, I'll be in here with my little glass, like, like turned up. Let me take a little sip, making these little noises. I don't know what I'm doing, girl, but I just know what I like. But you do know what you're doing. And you, you know what you like. And whatever you like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You know, there's no, 
there are rules, but there's there's really no rules. You like what you like. Yeah, and enjoy yourself, right? 100%. I mean, my mother, God bless her, she wants to be, you know, into wine because I'm into wine. But she's constantly buying something that she doesn't like. And I'm like, stop drinking that. Right. She's like, but you drink it. Yeah, that's me. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. It's the same thing with foods or anything else, right? One person has an acquired taste for something and you may have another. So, yeah, it's the same thing. It's just... I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I'm so sorry. But I didn't start out drinking the, the types and styles of wines that I drink now. I had to I had to get to this level over time mm-hmm. over learning and tasting wine. You know, I met Kevin Zarali, who was the director of Windows of the World, the the wine school, and I said, you know, how can I ever get to your level, Kevin? And he was like, You already are, just drink all the wine you can and learn all you can about the wine. Nice. Well, let me ask you this, Chandra. Should wine be chilled or is it okay to drink it at room temperature or does it depend on what type of wine it is? It depends on what type of wine it is. I mean, you can kind of chill some reds and it it actually might, you know, benefit you in some capacity. But red should never be super cold unless they're on the higher end of the of the sweet spectrum. If they're a sweeter style red, mm-hmm. then they could be like a little cold. Why? Does that change the, the taste of the actual wine? I think it makes it more bearable, but I don't like the sweet wine. <laughs> right. I'm on the dry, I'm on the dry, you know, punch you in your face wines. <laughs> I remember I went to this wine event. It was called um, Around the World in 86. Mm-hmm. And I was being exposed to another variety of wine that I had never had before. And it was a Zygwald from Austria. And I was like, wow, like this is, this is really strong. I love it. And the, the wine educator, the person that was educating me on the wine was like, Oh, you like the, you like the big girls. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start using that. Yeah. I like the big girls. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Once you open a bottle though of wine, how long does it last in your refrigerator? So white wines you can have in your refrigerator for up to a week or you could push it to the limit and maybe have it for maybe 10 days but i wouldn't go really past that okay because the wine will start to do what like wine goes bad because it's a fruit and it's been fermented and now you're letting oxygen and everything else and once you have opened it but will it actually revert to like vinegar or something like that is that how you would know that the wine is bad yeah so that's when the wine is turned that's the term they call it when the wine is turned is it's becoming it's turning into vinegar and that has to do with the amount of air and the amount of time that the bottle has been opened so that's more for if the bottles are outside, like they're open, but they're outside of the refrigerator. 
inside the refrigerator, the chemical process is still the same. It's just going to take a little longer because it's chilled. So it's not a lot of warm heat and, you know, time for the sugar to turn back into vinegar. Okay. Um, Now you did mention wine tasting. So do you do events like that or no? Or is it just the the podcast and the blogging? Uh, Yeah, I have in the past. I no longer do them. But I just am focused on the podcast. Um, And I don't even blog as much, really. I'm just very committed to the podcast and making digital products to teach people about wine. So for every season that passed, right after a season, because I'm about to start season three, but at the end of season one, I decided to create these uh, digital uh, wine tasting cards, and I okay. call them wine bars because I make little limericks for each wine to help people remember characteristics about the wine. Okay, tell us more about that. So it started out, I was thinking, like, how can I help people? Because you can listen to a podcast and then, you know, a week later, you can be like, I don't even remember what she said. But I was like, well, if I give them something that they can, can, you know, constantly look at and give them a way to remember something in a fun way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, how can I do that? And I started thinking about how do we learn in school? Like you learn by like a song or, or they teach you a rhyme so you can remember something. So I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that with the wine and help people remember certain characteristics about the wine. That's how that started. So, so I came up with the uh-huh, wine bars. It's a play on words, but bars, B-A-R-Z. Okay. And I made like little limericks for each of the wines that I covered. Okay. So give us one for... Red is that it, or is the actual name of the wine and then the card to remember it? Or so the it's not for red. It's not for like red or white. It has to do with the wine, and each limerick was different. So sometimes it would be more about the flavor profile of the wine. Okay, but sometimes it would be more about the region or the area the wine came from. And so there's no, I mean, there is a science to a limerick, you know, there's a format that you have to follow. But in terms of like what I put in the limerick is based on each individual wine. Does that make sense? A little bit. So that's what I'm saying. Give us one or tell us one so we'll have a better idea of what that actually means. And while you're you're thinking about that, um, I'm just going to say wine in moderation can be healthy for you, right? Red has a nutritional value that is higher than white due to antioxidants. Uh, Most people are familiar with revesterol, if I said that correctly, um, which is in wine. Also, it contains curcertin, which is also good for you. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to get all your antioxidants by throwing a straw in a bottle of wine. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm just saying that there are some nutritional values because the wine is made from grapes. It's fermented or fermentated, right? And we do know that items and foods that are fermented are good 
for the gut, which is also healthy for you. So I'm glad that we had this opportunity today to also talk about wines. A glass of wine every now and then is fine. I'm not by any means saying, listen to this podcast and now you need to go out there and you need to drink a half a bottle a day. But sis, do what you do. Just be careful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Everything that you said is absolutely correct. So I do have a limerick of food that I want to share that's one on one of my tasting cards about Tempranillo. And that comes from either the same region, Chile or Argentina. And this is like the limerick that I made up for it. So whether Spain, Argentina, or Chile, the wine Tempranillo consumes me. The wine is still dry and the tannins are high, but the texture was luscious and damning. Okay, that that right, that's cute. That's cute and a little sexy, you know, how you read it. If you read it to somebody else, come on over here and let me get my wine. <laughs> that might be as sexy as I can get at the moment, right? <laughs> That is nice. Okay, so how do you purchase the cards or the wine bars? So you can purchase them on Buy Me a Coffee slash more wine. And I can also send the link to you as well if you want to share it with some people. Yeah, that would be great. I I love them. I've been getting very positive feedback about them. I'm currently working on the Wine Bars Volume 2 for this past season 2. And the feedback is, I just can't wait to get the, I just can't wait to get the prize. I can't wait till you're finished. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited that people are enjoying them. And I want to, I want it to be a little fun. You know, I don't want it to be like, ooh, the, you know, be so stuffy with right. wine because you, it doesn't have to be. It can be whatever you want it to be. Enjoy it, right? Have fun with it. I actually have gone to a couple of wine tastings where you had the wine and then maybe you had a piece of dark chocolate. And if it was a dark red wine, I couldn't tell you exactly what region it was from. But if you take a sip of the wine and a piece of the chocolate, it actually tasted like a cherry cordial. And I was like, wow, this is great what the, you know, what the palate can do when you mix things. You're kind of creating your own little thing there. So instead of me going out here and eating a candy that I don't need, I will have some chocolate and so much. <laughs> and I'm going to make it up as I go. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with candy. I'm a candy girl. I love chocolate. And I do love chocolate and wine together. When mm-hmm. when you you're drinking that like a Shiraz with a piece of chocolate is very yummy. Um, but I like pairing things with wine. You know, I like pairing foods with wine. I I hate Chardonnay on its own, but if I have a sparkling, if I have a a sparkling wine, not necessarily a champagne, but if I have a sparkling wine, most Sparkling wines have some Chardonnay in it. Oh, okay. So if I have that with popcorn, I'm kind of a happy camper. With popcorn. Okay. I have to try that. I'm not a fan of Chardonnay. But listen, it doesn't hurt to try, right? And that's something I love popcorn. I make popcorn all the time. 
I hate popcorn in a bag. No, let me not say hate because that's very strong. I prefer popping my own popcorn. If I don't have time to do that, I will buy it in the bag. But popcorn and Chardonnay, give us a couple of other ones that we can try. So I love, well, it depends on the individual because I, I do eat meat, you know, mm -hmm. just in moderation. But I love um, bacon wrapped figs. Okay. And, and Syrah. I love that together. So I guess that would be like a savory sweet. The, the mm -hmm. fig is sweet, right? Correct. Okay. So that would be savory and sweet. And let's see. So if there's someone that doesn't eat meat, what would be savory that they would be able to mix with a fig? Well, they wouldn't have to have a fig for my vegans or vegetarians out there. If they have like a mushroom based dish okay. to have with the red wine, that is the heartiest type of vegetable because it has an earthiness to it. Mm -hmm. So it'll still complement with the wine. Okay. So if someone was just starting out and they wanted to try to figure out what wines they really like, would you have a starting place? A lot of times you go into the, I, I don't know if they're called, you know, wine and you, wine and us. Like there's so many different places or liquor store or whatever. And there's so many different varieties right and they come from all these different regions and you're kind of like well okay do i just come in here and just pick one for the sake of picking it or what is the best way for you to choose a wine for yourself i would not start at a liquor store and just get a random bottle okay. i would try going to a couple of wine tasting first okay just to get you know, your palate wet and, and try a couple of different things. But, you know, if somebody's just starting out, you, like I said, you want to go from the lighter styles to the heavier styles. So if you have never had wine before, you go to the store and they're like, well, what? They might ask you what type of right. you like, or is this for a party? Is it for a meal? Is it just because you just, you know, want to try a wine and if you tell them, like, I just want to open a bottle and try something, then they might tell you, start start with the Chardonnay or start on the whites and then go. Work your way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this also. Um, is sangria a wine or is that like a mosh posh of several different things? It's good, but what is it? No, sangria is delicious. <laughs> sangria is wine. Okay. And you can use whatever wine you want to make sangria. Whatever you want. You can use a rosé. You can use white. You can use red. doesn't matter. Okay. And there's no specific way of making sangria. Sangria is just a combination of wine and fruits. And some people even put like... Brandy. Yes, exactly. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it, I mean, you can make it with just wine and fruit, but I feel like that's not really a true sangria. Like, you gotta add a little oomph in there. <laughs> she said a little oomph. <laughs> so, for those that are not ready for the oomph yet, just stick with the, the, the wine and maybe a, a additional little bit of salsa or something. Like, do you need that in there as well or no? 
you can do whatever you want. If you if you want a little bubbly in there, you can put some salsa in there and that's fine. But they also have pre-made sangria, which is actually really good. Like you can go to the liquor store and pick up a bottle of sangria and just put some fruit in it. And it's really good. Is there a specific brand that you would recommend in sangria? I don't remember the name of the brand. I just remember what the bottle looks like because it looks like graffiti or like a tagging style. It just says sangria in bold yellow letters. And the bottle itself is very colorful. Okay. And I know it comes in a, in a, in a slim bottle, like a 750 milliliter, and it comes in a jug. For when you're having a party. Parties or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, y'all. Go in the store and look for the graffiti bottle <laughs> in the sangria aisle. Um, people probably already know because I think I have an idea of what it is also. I just can't remember the actual name of it, but it does say sangria on there. And there's more than one type. There's red and there's also white, correct? Mm-hmm. And I do, I do favor the white sangria in the summertime more okay. than the reds because in the because my reds I like them to be heartier, but you can't put a heartier red as the sangria because it'll overpower everything. Mm. So if you have a lighter style white, or you have like a a tempranillo, or you have some um, palangina, these are all lighter style white wines. Uh, the tarantas is more citrus in it, and the falangina is more neutral. Is more there's more minerality in it, so that'll be like the most neutral white wine to start making the white sangria. So I would use the tarantas on top, just because this is more fruit forward. The wine itself is more fruit forward, so it's just gonna add to the fruit that you put into the wine. Mm, okay. That sounds good. I mean, I actually started with white and I started with ones that were a lot, they were sweeter, but I guess my palate changed because after a while I was like, yeah, that's just a little bit too sweet for me. So I just kept trying different ones until I got to a point where it really, it it was worth drinking. I enjoyed it. It wasn't something that I was just was out just taking drinking it for the sake of drinking it because everybody was out drinking wine. You know what I mean? That's the worst thing ever, because to me, I don't want to be wasting calories either. You know what I mean? I'm I'm stuck on that. I ain't wasting my calories on nothing that I don't really like. So I stopped doing that. And I finally found what it is that I really like. And I do like the darker wines. So what is your favorite? I like Merlot and I like Cabernet Sauvignon, but I don't have like a specific brand. Now I'm telling on myself here. Okay. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a specific brand with a name that I can't pronounce because I will need you if we're going out somewhere and I have to read all this stuff on the menu because I'm telling you, I'm going to mess that up right now. I'm going to say, excuse me, can you come over here and tell me what this is? Because I'm not going to be able to pronounce it or depending on what language it's in. But I find myself in the sections for Spain. So I don't know what the notes are 
in those wines that I'm attracted to. There's fire in those wines. The, there's, you're going to find some spice. Most of the time, those are the wines that have a little bit more spice to it. And, you know, they come from a warmer region, so they're going to be more fruit forward. And they're also um, an excellent value. You know, wines from Spain uh, bring an excellent value. So you don't have to, you know, break your piggy bank over right. to enjoy something really wonderful from Spain. Well, that's good because I'm a fire sign. So my wine should have the fire oh, too. Hi. Really? <laughs> <laughs> What's your sign? I'm a Leo. Oh my goodness, girl. Yes, I am. Yes, we <laughs> are. are. I am. <laughs> there beautiful. it is. Yes. And I yes. have a Merlot for you to try too. All right. Let me know. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm definitely going to have to give you some shout outs around your birthday. What is that if your mommy asking? August 2nd. All right. I'm August the 13th. Lioness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is awesome. Great, great, great. That is great. And you know what? When you, I, I can give you the, so I've been drinking Merlot a lot lately. I don't know what's come over me. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but normally I'm, I'm trying like lots of different things, but I've been on the Merlot wagon lately. And there's a, a company, a wine brand called Bogle. Okay. And their Merlot this year is, is the business. Okay. I have to look for that one. <laughs> and it's really affordable. It's like $7.99, $9.99. Okay. They've actually won some awards. Their award-winning wine this past, Vintage won a couple of awards. I used to drink Bogle a long time ago, but I used to drink their Petite Syrah. And then, you know, I moved on to other things. But this Merlot is something, there's something there this year. <laughs> All right. I'm definitely going to look for that. And I like the fact that you can try things that are in your price range and then you can work your way up. Because I have tasted some wines that were on the higher side, and I, it it wasn't for me. I'm with you there. I've had wines that that could be like seventy, eighty dollar bottles, and I'm like, I will never drink this mm-hmm. again. And then I've had wines that are like ten dollars, eleven dollars, twelve dollars. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Right. This. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, if you can really equate um, the cost of the bottle to um, the taste, because overall, it's your palate. It's your palate, and it's also how much alcohol you can withstand. Mm. Because the old, old world wines and new world wines are different in that way. The new world wines have a higher alcohol content to them. And then the old world wines, they have lesser alcohol to them. And they're more, most of them are drier than the, than the new world wine. So what would be an example of a new world wine? Any of the wines from the United States, from California, from Australia, from New Zealand, they would be like new world New World wine. Okay. So it's not the actual year 
or anything. It's the Mm-mm. okay because the wine, you know, depending on who you ask, the the wine mother of all wines of uh, mm-hmm. the the you know the French region, you know, or Italy, France, right. Spain, their old world wine. Okay. Now, what about champagne and prosecco? Because a lot of people use the Prosecco for making mimosas and and things of that nature. And it's similar, but it can't be called champagne because it's not from that region. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. You're 100% correct. And, you know, champagne is synonymous or it, it started out being synonymous with, you know, being French. So Prosecco is like Italian sparkling mm-hmm. wine. Okay. And sometimes the tastes are always going to be different because the terroir is different. The temperature is different in the various different regions. So there's going to be a a difference. Also, depending on which method they use, there's a traditional method. And then I don't know why it's escaping me right now. There's a champagne method. There's a traditional method. And it just depends on like how they're aging it. You know, what wood they're using for the barrel. Mm-hmm. You know, are they doing a second fermentation in bottle that changes the, how big the bubbles are going to be? Oh, okay. But that's pretty much it. Like every wine region has a sparkling wine. It just can't be called champagne. Okay. Well, I'm fine with the Prosecco. Prosecco is good. I like Cava. Cava's drier. Mm-hmm. I love the I love having, but I like to mix them with Saint Germain because I'm there. And what is that? Is that a a liquor, a whiskey, or a brandy? It's a it's a liquor. It's an elderflower liqueur. Oh, okay. I like elderflower. Mm-hmm. So that makes like a little uh, uh a sparkly drink with a little something something sweetness to it. Yeah. yeah. So kava is very dry. But elderflower liqueur is not a high in alcohol content, but you know it's sweeter. Okay. And it does. It is essentially putting alcohol on top of alcohol, but it just it just makes it a little more special. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So now the the weather is about to break, and you know, hopefully, we'll be able to to get outside a little bit more. Everybody, still continue to use your mask, please. Yeah, follow protocol. But if I'm out having a drink and I want to have something um, with kava, what is the name of the drink that I can order that has the elderflower in it, or do I just say, can I have kava with? Saint Germain is that what you Saint said? Saint Germain, mm-hmm. yeah. At most restaurants, will have make up their own names for the drink, so it's okay. not like a, you know, can I have a seven and seven? You can't call it something like that because they all make up these exotic names for the drink, but it's still essentially Cava and Saint Germain. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, Chandra, thank you so much. Thank you for all the information that you provided. It was great talking to you. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to share with us in reference to what it is that you do, your cards, your podcast, 
feel free. Yes. So you can find me on all the interwebs at Mole Wine for You, M O W I N E F R F O R U. Excuse me. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, but I'm most of the time I'm on Instagram. I live in the Instagram world. Um, my website is www.mo-wine.com. And you can always, you know, listen to past episodes on there. You can find some of my old blogs on there. And I'm in the process of putting the wine cards on there too. And I'm also in the middle of doing the season two wine bars cards, so it should be. I should be done with them shortly. I'm excited. I've been doing a lot of things. I also have been, um, I applied for a position at a winery that I'm hoping will come up for me quickly. And if that happens, then I might be moving to Sonoma. Okay, because I want to go. I sure don't feel. That would be awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to visit that. It's beautiful. And then if I'm there, then we then we could try lots of things. Mm-hmm. And then, and we would have a good old time. But we have to drink lots of water. I'm good with that. <laughs> Keep my system flushed out. Yeah. Clean I have my a palate. For you. Sure. Do you do you have a go to wine for the summer? For the summer, no, I don't. Do I you just, go lighter in the summer, or you continue with Merlot? I normally continue. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I normally continue. Now I do like I like sangria, right? But it is just something about the sweetness. I know for myself, if I drink something that has a lot of sugar, I'm not going to feel well the next day. Mm-hmm. So I try to stay clear of that. It's the same thing. Like I, I don't do uh, well with mixed drinks and things of that nature. It's the sugar content. Okay. Yeah. And so I try to stay away from that. Like I said, I started out with whites I, and I did the whole um this thing was very, oh, Moscato. That had so much sugar in it. It was good and fruity and cold and stuff, but I, I always felt bad after. So I couldn't continue doing that. And then uh, there was another one that I used to drink that started with a F. And I'm going to mess this one up, but I'm going to try it. Frixenhagen or something. I don't know, child. F R E I X. Ah, it's a sparkling wine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called like Flexenye or something. Something like that. Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was drinking that. Um, and 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 that was okay. Um, so I I've tried a couple of whites like there was a pinot grease g-r-i-s but i found that maybe once or twice and that one was actually on the sweeter side really yeah and i didn't find it it depends on the on the um on the company that made it oh okay yeah those are not really that sweet but i would be interested in trying a sweet pinot grease 
because I haven't had one. But what about what about uh, Riesling? Do you not like? I used to drink Riesling too. Yeah, and Riesling was fine. So if I did have to go out and and drink a wine, it would be Riesling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to enjoy Riesling quite a bit myself. Yeah. This was fun. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate that, that you had the opportunity and um, came and shared your podcast with us and everything that you're doing. I'm looking forward to purchasing my cards because I want to take a look at that, as well as maybe you could send us a little list of some wines or something that we can take a look at. And do our own uh, taste testing at home. That would be cool. Or I could give you a homework assignment. Uh oh. What's the homework? <laughs> the homework assignment is for everybody that's listening, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what so is the it? The homework assignment is that you have to go listen to one or two episodes of my podcast and purchase one of the wines that you've never had before. Okay. And write your tasting notes down, which you thought about it. And then, you know, email me or get out there on Instagram. Like, girl, I've had that Falangina or I've never had you know, agave before, but I like it. I want some feedback because I want people to get out of their comfort zone with wine. Mm-hmm. How how are you going to learn? How is your palate going to expand if you keep drinking the same thing? Yes, true. Mm-hmm. So true. Yes, we will do that. I will do that. And I'll make sure that I hit you back on Instagram so you'll know that I really did do it and I did try it. Social proof. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great because I do you know I sometimes when you're doing a podcast you feel like you're talking in the wind and I really want to know that people are, are like wow I never heard about that yeah I want to try that and I want to know what they how they felt about the experience right exactly nice so are your blogs still available my blogs are still, some of my blogs are still on the site, but mostly I've replaced them with my podcast episodes. Okay. Not a problem. The um, one key difference between the, when I was blogging and my podcast, when I was blogging before, that was around the time that I was doing my studies. Mm-hmm. So it was more about like the terroir, um, the year, the vintage, you know, I was more into that when I was blogging. Okay. But the podcast is more about expanding people's minds and having them try different wines from all around the world. Some of these grapes are indigenous to specific areas. Right. So it's really more interesting and eye-opening to try these different things. Chandra, thank you so much. Again, I'm glad that you took the time out of your day to share some of your tips and educate us about wines, as well as give us an assignment to do. You are now a friend of the family. So anytime you're working on something new or want to share information with us pertaining to new wines, 
or even different places that we can actually go and do taste testings or any of your products, feel free to join us anytime. Oh, I would love to. And that, you know, I'm going to be starting season three soon and I'm going to want you to come visit me as well. I definitely will. Just let me know when. Okay, great. Thank you. Take care. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unapologetic at 50. Please remember to subscribe and share. This episode was made available today by BeautifulCurves365.com. Oh, 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 o